Sleep is cheap, as it they is. say in the biz. Yeah, the biz. The talking biz. The talking biz. <laughs> hey, I'm talking here. Hey, I'm talking oh. online here. Hey, I'm coming, oh. I'm coming through uh, your RSS signal. It's, it's digital, baby. Oh. <laughs> It's it digital. really does sound digital. so different in this space. I have it to, does. It sounds it's crisp. Very, yeah, it's, it's very crisp. Well, we are surrounded <laughs> by glass and windows. Yeah. So uh, this is on this very special episode of Iron Weeds. So special. Uh, yeah, we so are special. Special. We we are in a Iron Weeds South compound. Also, uh, yeah, uh, actually, yeah. Or you, we could refer to the altitude change. Okay, it, it's a high point. Yeah, um, or uh, Overwatch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, is that is that kind of Nazi vibes? Overwatch. Yeah, Overwatch. Oh, I just no? think of it. Well, I mean, in the same way that everything associated with cops and all militaries sort of yeah. takes on a sort of Nazi-ish yeah, yeah, vibe. Yeah, fair. but uh, yeah, I think it's like a tactic in right. Uh, okay, in combat. I know it from what, gaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what is the name of the the that um the like castle that Hitler lived in wasn't that called the Overwatch? Or oh no, that was called like um the net the, the Eagles Nest, Nest? Eagles, Eagles Nest Eagles Nest. Eagles so Nest. here we are in the Eagles Nest. <laughs> no, Eagles oh Nest. no, no, no! Don't so say we're, that. We're, no, we're not Nazis at all. Not even close. We're the opposite, opposite. really. Yeah, yeah, we're Nazi hunters. We're anti-national socialists. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we are currently recording in mine and David's home because chris is preparing to ultimately be wedded to his lovely bride yeah and uh she kicked him out yeah, yeah. as yeah. is tradition pretty much it's, up. It's, it's girls night at the uh the the, the iron weeds uh north um and yeah here i am uh it's great to be a hashtag uh uh guess or fuck fuck that one second <laughs> It's great to make you guys hashtag blessed with a guest. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. Um, oh, that's great. So we're always going to your place. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, nothing's really happened this week, I guess. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, right? man. It's um, just been a really slow week. Just kidding. President Trump has coronavirus. World premiere. I thought you were going to say world star. <laughs> world star. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. It's been confirmed that he is uh, potentially dead right now. <laughs> so, um, so we're we're recording Saturday night. Yeah, it's Saturday. It's currently um, seven p.m. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get this out asap. So, you, hopefully, you're listening to this Sunday uh, afternoon because we do want to like try to keep up with on the crest of the wave of the news that is occurring. Because who knows? He could be fucking dead by the time you're listening yeah. to this. Yeah. Or he could come out and declare it all a hoax and say like, "Psych, I was fine." Okay. So as we're recording, here's a couple things that the New York Times has right now: is that there are ten people uh, positive. In Trump's circle, there's Trump himself, Melania Trump, Hope Hicks, secret Antifa fighter, um, uh, Kellyanne Conway, uh, who lives in a hype house uh, with her entire family. <laughs> they're, they're just all posting constantly. Uh, oh, the, the man himself, Chris Christie, uh, Mike Lee, Tom Tillis, uh, Ronna McDaniels, uh, McDaniel, she's the uh, RNC chair, uh, John Jenkins, Jingleheimer Schmidt. And Bill his name is <laughs> John A. Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah. Okay. And then um, Bill Stepien. Yeah, Bill Stepien. 
Yeah. So those he's ten campaign advisor, right? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah so, I think he's campaign advisor or, or or director, maybe. I don't know. And I think he's just stepping into down, if I may. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But, uh, but in all seriousness, prayers up. Prayers up for for all of these amazing humans, uh, best beautiful humans that are um, you know infected with this terrible fucking respiratory disease. Yeah. May, may your just the biggest loads, the biggest viral loads, <laughs> getting pumped. <laughs> Right in your face. It, Just big loads right in your face so, so of coronavirus. How, so how are you guys taking this news? So it's 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 been... I'm taking it pretty well. Yeah, David's taking it very well. So yeah. I've always been of the type to not really, like, relish in the pain or suffering or death of my enemies. I just kind of think it's a little... It makes me uncomfortable for reasons that I can't quite articulate politically it's really much more of an emotional feeling that Mm -hmm. like like even when you know um ruth bader ginsburg died and everybody was like haha you should have retired and i'm like yeah i should have retired but i'm really like happy that she's dead and even like when bin laden was killed and you know people were fucking losing and i'm like i don't really feel good about this but now you were a big fan of bin laden like before 2001 he was canceled well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was a big fan, yeah. so it was hard for me to go was, through that yeah. period after 9-11. Right, where, yeah, like, and we had to cancel Bin Laden. It was pretty sad. It was, yeah. I, it, that was one of my faves. Um, but so now, like, with Trump and all these other ghouls with this virus and, like, that part of me who has always been, that part of Britney that's always thought, like, I want my enemies to fail, but I don't necessarily need them to suffer and die for no reason. That bitch is dead. She is out to lunch. She is having cocktail hour with the girls. The Britney that's been left behind is like, I, I hope that he dies, but more than hoping that he dies, Twitter, you can't fucking suspend my account because i'm not even on twitter right now more than i hope that he dies i hope that it's very painful for him oh really i hope that it's very i hope that he suffers because he has caused untold suffering for innocent people poor people um children 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 in cage and and even if you were to just narrow your focus to coronavirus Mm -hmm. which is like uh you don't have to because he's done so much fucking horrible shit in the world but even if you were to just talk about coronavirus which he has been instrumental in spreading to the degree that it has spread he has caused untold physical and emotional suffering on untold numbers of people how many fucking 20-year-old kids are there out there right now who will have heart conditions for the rest of their fucking lives because directly because of the behavior of Donald Trump. And so I don't know if it's that. Like, maybe Bin Laden just didn't get enough people for me to really hate him and be glad that he was dead, and Trump did. I don't really know what the calculus there is. Yeah, like 100 9-11s, and you'd be like, man. Maybe, maybe, you know. Well, Well, I mean, Too far. Too far. I, I mean, I remember when Bin Laden died and being like, oh, what a relief. Maybe we could, it's over now. Maybe we can, like, end the war in Afghanistan and, like, you know, like, finally, nice. like, because we talked about earlier on previous episodes how, like, the war on terror is uh, an unwinnable war. 
which is to say that like anytime we stop it, it'll whoever does that politically is going to be like the person who just fucking backed down, let the terrorists win. You know what I mean? Like because mm-hmm. there's there's nobody to surrender. It's an idea. Nobody's going to ever tactic. surrender their sword to us on a ship. Yeah, as and you so eloquently put it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think we'll beat terror. Yeah. Uh, no one will ever feel the 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 feel terror ever again. Yeah. So I remember I, that'll happen. There were like the memes with Obama as he came out and said. Folks, we got him. And then, like, kicked the door down like, yeah. and, yeah. like, walked out. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I can get uh, behind a little bit of triumphalism and the idea that it leads to an era of peace. That'd be, like, super fucking badass. Um, but with this situation, it's like, yeah, you know, like, everything you just said, uh, Brittany, is uh, very warranted. On, like, a material analysis, like, Donald Trump has done a lot of bad uh, for a lot of people, and in the particular way that he has now uh, contracted this um, ailment, like how it's hard not to just be like that. You probably wouldn't have gotten COVID, dude, if you had just like done what every fucking other leader of the world yeah. would have done. And you I, were more protected than probably any other human being on, on Earth the planet from yeah. getting COVID. Ever. And like, I think that's what makes the Schadenfreude. So, like, I've never felt Schadenfreude this hard because I know that he had every advantage that every fucking working class person who has to go to work, who has to pick up their kids from school, who has to do all the shit that we know we shouldn't be doing right now. He had the luxury of not having to do any of that. The only reason that he is currently sitting in a hospital bed is his own fucking hubris. And you know what? Like, I, I don't even want him to die. And and we should get into this maybe a little bit more later. But like, right, there's I'm a not, direct contradiction to what you had said earlier. I don't know. I don't. I'm not even sure that it would be good if he died. But yeah. You know what would be good for me for me to sleep in my bed tonight is mm. to know that he suffered. Yeah. To know that he gasped for breath and wondered if he would see another day. To know that his body hurt. To know that he felt weak and small and helpless. That's what I want. And I'm disturbed by that in me i am uncomfortable with the truth that is that feeling yeah. um i mean wanting your pound of flesh uh for somebody who you believe like is seriously uh evil uh demonstrably materially um is a very i think rational emotional uh response and it's 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 fucking it's crazy that that in this week, I remember going through such a a whirlwind of emotions because, <laughs> uh, well, first off, I've seen you guys like now what? This is the fifth day in like seven days. And so it's been, uh, it's been a I'm lot. I'm glad you still like us, Chris. Oh yeah. yeah right. love you guys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we had done, um, two previous failed attempts at getting, um, a bonus <laughs> riff tracks episode of Judge Dredd. The stuff we do for you guys, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And uh, I've actually been advised by our attorney that we should consider not using the R word, not that R word. The, oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So bleep it out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> our, our uh, cinnamon, cinematic cinematic commentary. Our, our commentary, our podcast's commentary, podcaster's yeah. commentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, but th- which were really fun efforts at it. But like, we just had technical issues. <laughs> we like had the technical mic- issues. We watched Judge Dredd twice. We have no audio for you. Uh. It's, it's just it, it was just a a series of events that led to us not being able. But what we are going to do is uh, watch. You're, you really you're getting upsold. You're getting an even better product. We're going to watch Demolition Man. 
And so, so that beautiful. will that will be released on our Patreon feed as our podcaster's commentary on Demolition Man, which you can find at patreon.com slash ironweeds. Uh, it, but then we also had the incredibly, in my opinion, successful uh, live stream of yeah. the um, election, which was like, in my opinion, the only uh, way to uh, debate. Di- oh, sorry. Correct. The election debate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Don't yeah. worry. We'll do the election, too. Yeah. yeah. But we the- went to the future for you. <laughs> <laughs> but watching that debate was like its own, you know, emotional roller coaster. Absolutely. And then I listened to a bunch of like debate um, uh, recap uh, podcasts because, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I, I really like a lot of leftist podcasts. And uh, I was listening to them. And anyone that doesn't include the now material really recognize fact that the president of the United States has COVID-19 like entirely because of his own <laughs> behavior. It's absurd to listen yeah, to the yeah. commentaries now. I know, right? But it changes the whole color. It changes like, everything. I remember this, the big dominating thing being this fear, which like we had commented on uh, or commented on uh, during the live stream about how they just ask Donald Trump to do the bit where he pretends that he's going to be able to get away with not stepping down from power. And everybody like freaks out, right? Because that's like so out, out of the, the, um, the, the uh, outside of the pale. Yeah, it's just like Chris re- Wallace being like, do the thing where you pretend that you're a dictator and you won't leave office unless someone like kicks you out of the oval office with a gun yeah and, and then he does it and everyone's like oh my gosh that's so scary and i can't y- believe he did you that. made the really good point chris that like asking that question in and of itself is violence yeah like, it, is, it is incredibly irresponsible to even ask him that question yeah because it presupposes the idea that he'd be able to get away with it right you know yeah. and that's to give him already dictatorial assumptive powers so don't so you don't, know, like don't just ask you know, him. but um, so I remember that being the big thing that and the whole um, stand back, stand by comment on um, yeah, stand back, stand by for the Proud Boys, yeah. yeah. And uh, we had actually missed that initially just with our bands, um, we were doing too many bands, <laughs> uh, but that is a horrifying idea that you know, like the idea of the president continuing to foment right-wing terrorism uh, in our country is like bad, rude, and it. My, the thing that made me laugh the most about uh, about Trump, you know, contracting COVID nineteen was I imagined the idea of him dying of it, and then all of like the right wing like armed militias like enacting their revenge on COVID nineteen by just like wearing masks and socially distancing <laughs> and like you know uh, like using hand sanitizer to like a uh, performative yeah, yeah like, right, like to yeah. a performative degree because like that was you know if we could turn I wash my hands this, for five minutes <laughs> yeah I mean if we could use this to turn COVID nineteen into the real terrorist that might yeah. be the greatest yeah. gift Donald Trump ever gave to we, we could even we could even name the virus after Donald Trump. I would be fine with that. The, the Donald Trump Memorial Virus. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, it... <laughs> so I want to get back to what you said, Brittany, about how, um, like, Donald Trump of, like, anyone on the planet was, like, the easiest, <laughs> like, he had the most resources available to him to not get this fucking virus. Right. The Donald Trump Memorial Coronavirus. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> and and yet he got it anyway, mostly out of hubris because he won't wear a mask. He likes to um, hug and kiss our first responders. 
Right? That was the thing he said. It was like, it's very hard. Well, it's very hard. He flipped it. He, yeah. He, he was like, you know, it's very hard. Like, you got these Marines and they're, they're hell of, hell of great people, but, you know, they just love you so much. They, they, they just can't stop hugging, they hug hugging you. and kissing you. They want to hug you. you know? They want to kiss you. They want to hug me. They want to kiss me. I have to. And they're beautiful. Right. And so, <laughs> um, oh, right. So, like, it, it's just this pure hubris or avarice, whatever the fuck you want to call it, that, like, means that he, now has this this virus that he has let just ravage this country. And yeah, one, I feel like totally fine with him getting it because he could have been like running around in a hamster ball this whole time. He could have been bubble boy president if he wanted to. And, he could like, not be say, having record crowds. Record yeah. crowds, biggest gathering, they say, in the last seven months. Yeah, you know? showing like, up to fucking meat processing plants, not wearing a, ma- yeah, a mask. Like, like, these are choices that people make, li- that he made. Licking all the steaks. And then he's, he's like, I'll have this with ketchup. <laughs> but, uh, it, but the, the uh, um, I mean, like, I, I think, like, Ilan Omar's uh, statement on him getting it was like the best. I like, yeah, the best one was very. Good. I, yeah. I missed it. What well, was it? she's basically like, yeah, I like, I don't like having my own father died of this virus. I don't wish it on anyone. But you know, like he showed up to my state in like with my constituents and like flouted every like local law that we have about gatherings, so that you know he could have his fun like Nazi rally. Yeah, so I I think uh, you know like she she really nailed it. Where it's like this guy, it's not just like he's a, a buffoon or annoying or like he he is direct even beyond just being the fucking president. Like he is personally as a as like a fucking person responsible for so many deaths because he like insists on these rallies in person that like. I I doubt Herman Cain is not is the only person that died from these things, you know. Yeah, yeah. and he's convinced millions of people to yeah. not wear masks. That yeah. it's a hoax. Convinced millions of people that they don't need to stand apart from each other. That they can go back to life as normal. Convinced millions of people that if enough of us catch it and get this herd mentality herd that he's immunity. heard so much yeah. about. No, he said herd mentality. <laughs> that wasn't Unfortunately, a fucking misstep I, I, yeah. for me. That yeah. was him saying, if we get the, you know, it's like herd mentality. Good. Cool. This man has led millions to, not their deaths yet, but to disease, to a lifetime of suffering, to a healthcare system that is already utterly broken and now on its last leg i mean they like there's just no i have no i have infinitely more sympathy to osama bin laden and his family when they were killed under the barack obama administration than i have for donald trump right now sitting in walter reed suffering from coronavirus that's how i feel yeah and i and i yes i sincerely hope that his chest cavity is turned into a kiddie pool and he's just drowning on his own like uh, 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 fluids and effluent, and he dies alone in a plastic bag. Yeah, I mean, just just shit spewing out of his mouth with like all the tubes going in it. That would stuff. rule. That would rule. <laughs> yeah, because we've been watching a lot of House, so like I have very specific. Med- we have been watching some House MD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have this very specific, uh, medically informed like m- mind images, daydreams of like what it must be like. 
for him to him to slough off the mortal unfortunately he's rich so it'll probably be fine that's the other thing and he'll probably be fine and everything will probably be motherfuckers gonna have two ventilators his ventilator is gonna have a ventilator being saved currently by regeneron's uh state-of-the-art antiviral soup as they're yeah, calling yeah. it it's it's the cocktail it's the uh the i think they it's something to do with like the antibodies that you get as if you had it but it's like straight antibody treatment it's it goes along the lines of what you were talking about as opposed to um a one-time vaccine instead the idea of like sort of a subscription model to treatment but the good thing is that you can get it as treatment as opposed to prophylaxis which yeah. is something that we currently yeah. uh probably wouldn't have subjected the president to otherwise you know um so let's just acknowledge that uh chris's soon-to-be wife emily is probably directly saving donald trump from dying as we speak and not only that but she has like some type of like stock options i don't think it's like a lot it's like the actual value of the stock is something where like 600 something dollars what's about to go up yeah if he went if he lives yeah, and then just realizing that I have a financial interest in Donald Trump's uh, near-term survival. Um, it's, <sighs> How does uh, that feel? It's a complicated uh, set of uh, emotions. And I'm also trying to, like, imagine myself, you know, with all of the crazy emotional whiplash that, you know, I've experienced even this week, but, like, especially this year. Um, on the other side of this, in a situation that somehow either Donald Trump getting COVID becomes, like, our functional material worst nightmare as opposed to what it seems like, which is uh, poetic justice and potentially even like um, a boon for uh, peace in the our world? country. <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember earlier this week, I was so freaked out that like, okay, yeah, I don't think that Donald Trump is capable of maintaining, you know, position as president in the United States against popular will and like the presidential uh, election outcome. Um, I think that he's very potent at being able to preach to people who will bring about actual violence on a stochastic level. And he's been doing that ever since he was elected and before he was elected. Right. And so, like, it certainly would solve some problems <laughs> if he were to pass away from COVID. And at the same time, um, I try to just understand that, like, the chaos of all of this, like, we don't know how it's going to shake out. It reminds me of this, like, not quite a parable, because I think those are, like, strictly biblical, right? But, like, this... Not necessarily. Yeah, well, the story of um, a, uh, a farmer, right? So, the farmer's got a, a horse and an adult son. And one day, you know, his adult son, like, accidentally leaves. Is the adult son large? <laughs> Very large. Okay. <laughs> And, and robust and powerful for a farmer to have as an asset. Okay, large adult <clears throat> son. Go. And um, so one day the horse gets out of the uh, fencing and runs away. And the neighbors come and offer their condolences. And they're like, man, it sucks that you're going to be without your horse. It's going to hurt you for the season. You know, you're not going to be able to get as much uh, work done. And the farmer looks up and he's like, perhaps. And the following day, the you know the fence is left open in case the horse comes back. The horse comes back, but with three wild mares. Um, you know, like hey yo, yeah, the horse well was done, quite, buddy. Quite, quite the stallion. Um, and you know the son is able to close up the fence, and you know um, the neighbor comes by and is like, whoa, what a reversal of fortune! Like you now have three beautiful young horses whereas you only had one before and they're beautiful they're perfect everyone knows that look at these stallions they have the most beautiful stallion that collects and attracts the most beautiful mares quite it, nice 
And so the farmer's like, perhaps. And then uh, later that week, the, um, the the large adult son is out trying to uh, break the mares and, and train them uh, so that they can be used uh, for farm purposes and or being sold. And um, the son gets kicked in the chest and is like laid out, like broken ribs, you know, broken arm. Um, and the neighbor comes back and is just like, I spoke too soon. You know, like yet another reversal of fortune. This is tragic. Like I'd rather have no horse and, and a son to help me with harvest than, you know, like uh, three, four horses and no son. And um, the farmer's like, perhaps, you know, and a, a little bit of time goes by and the sun's like still totally laid out, you know, like um, it's got, you know, the ventilator in, in the hut and like, <laughs> but, but all of a sudden a uh, local military official comes into town with like a posse. Oh my God. And they're trying to, you know, uh, conscript the son and they conscript the, the neighbor's kids and, and they all, you know, at the end of a bayonet, like take off. And, you know, the, the neighbor's like, my God, like the, the luck that you are having, you know. They could have taken your son. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the farmer's like, perhaps. You know, yeah. and, 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 you know. That, and that farmer's name, Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like the idea I guess I'm trying to say is like, the only thing that I'm very confident in is that. We are going. We don't fucking know what's about to happen. Yeah, 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 and that things are only going to get acceleratingly weird. Yeah, you know? I agree, and I'm I'm actually really glad I I I knew the parable before. I had heard the parable, and I didn't. It didn't hit me until to what it was until the son got kicked in the chest. Um, but I do think that that really perfectly captures how uncomfortable I feel with my joy mm. because I also realize that Donald Trump dying could be very, very, very bad. It could be. It could, it could be. be very, very, very bad. How because- about just having the White House completely like a super spreader zone? So the White House and everybody in it yeah. is like unable to do their job. Like, yeah. you know, nobody is. It, it, Pence is already saying, no, I'm not going to quarantine. I'm going to campaign. Um, we have no said like uh, Nancy Pelosi is essentially our best hope at this point, which is the, the most terrifying <laughs> words that have ever come out of my fucking mouth. Good morning. Not to Sunday mention. Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dude, you've been practicing that? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Sunday morning. The, uh, the, the, we have a responsibility. And how about all of his freakish supporters who are fucking ice cream. crazy people like his supporters are unhinged at this point we have no idea what they will do in response to well a bunch of them are outside walter reed right now refusing outside. to wear yeah. masks yeah. gathering in public oh <laughs> like God. right next to each other like you know i mean that like the uh, uh, interviewer comes over is like hey um so why aren't you wearing a mask and they're like you know, the guy's like, "Well, I'm young, and I'm not really at risk for COVID, and like, you know, it's just our president's so strong." He talks about the media blowing it out yeah. of proportion. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. I mean, you know, can't cure stupid. No, um, but also the media 
blows everything else out of proportion. So there, yeah. So like, it's a really kind of like a boy who cried wolf scenario a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, he was like, I was like, you can't. That's very true. End, it is a propaganda. Comes for the boy. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you can't call like the Comey That's testimony the That's the fucking true. Super Bowl of politics, <laughs> and then expect people to trust you. Yeah. When, what do you call Trump getting coronavirus if Comey is the Super Bowl of politics? Yeah. Like, Trump is. Trump getting coronavirus is like the the, the ESPN the Ocho like you know uh, dodgeball championship. Well, I, I, I feel like <laughs> it's at this point that I need to reach out to all of our Brazilian listeners and please let us know what it's like to live in a country where your president has COVID for extended multiple periods. You know, sure. it's just constantly well, I mean, the UK dying. Could like tell us what it was like with with oh yeah Bojo, yeah but with I Bojo. Mean, yeah. Frankly, what did it do? It propped him up. Yeah. Like I bet there was it, a ton of schadenfreude over there, too, though. But there was, but, you know, the fact that he recovered as quickly and as well as he did, and he came out of it with higher support than, like, his his yeah. his popularity rating was higher than before he'd gotten sick, that's what we're looking down the barrel at, is yeah, like, like, Trump recovering, <laughs> and by, you know, Friday of this week coming out, and now he's got a fucking 65% re- approval rating. Oh, my like, God. He comes back, he's like, folks... I met God. I met God, folks. <laughs> I touched his face, his beautiful face. He looks like me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. Not only like have like a fucking phoenix risen president that is like, is like I beat it, folks. You can do it too. Is, is also all of these fucking Democrats saying like it's not okay. <laughs> To like be like you should wish the best for him. Joe Biden has suspended his negative advertising. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a fucking loser! You're a loser, Joe Biden. Loser I know you and listen. a sucker. You're a fucking loser <laughs> for doing that. Well, I mean, you know, the campaign is more about re- restoring uh, decorum than like restoring you know democratic leadership at the federal yeah. level. Yeah, yeah it's all about normalcy. Normalcy. So, you know, do you know what's consistent. not normal is changing your advertising campaign based on the president being in the hospital for a pandemic that he fucking spurred along. Like, just free yourself, free yourselves, Democrats. This is, there's no, I can't think of a single strategical reason for changing anything about the way that you campaign. If Joe Biden were in the hospital right now, what would Donald Trump be doing? Yeah, well, the same, he would the, be gleefully making fun of his weak pansy ass for catching coronavirus. I mean, the, like, the, the exact same day that they were like, "Oh, I hope he gets better." Like he he said, like his campaign sent out an email calling like Joe Biden like dumb or something, a right? Pussy. Like, He's yeah, pussy. He is a fucking pussy. He is. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. And uh, you know, like he he hilariously during the debate was like. What the fuck has got the biggest mask I've ever seen? He'd be like 500 feet away from somebody yeah. and just wearing the biggest mask. I guess that mask wasn't big enough. I guess it wasn't big enough, you know? it wasn't big enough, folks. Yeah, he would... He- Tiny virus. Can see even inside even the big masks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so ridiculous. It's over the top. It's like soap opera drama, like a heavy-handed, on-the-nose. And that's been, you know, like... 2020. Yeah, and also Donald Trump, right? You yeah, know, like yeah, the, 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 whole... the whole last four years, it's been really hard to uh, determine satire from reality because, yeah. like, everything is just like yeah. hyper, <laughs> hyper dramatized to the point of absurdity, like, yeah. at all times. Like, you know, all the shit that uh, it's like, I like my presidents that don't get COVID. You know, how about that? <laughs> 
yeah, I, I'm still thinking, imagine, like, God forbid, he survives, he gets back on the campaign trail, and then he starts, like, saying, like, like listing all of the blue check Democrats that are like, look, they love me, they they were helping me for the best, they hoped I would, uh, like, <laughs> Rachel, even Rachel Maddow, like, wanted me to, like, get, be okay. Oh, God. And, 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 like, he would just, like, they would just eat that slop up. Of course they would. I would. Like, it, it, like they should really think about what happens if he lives, and yeah. they say all this shit. It doesn't. It doesn't help us. And then he it just doesn't like, help anyone but him. He's like, I asked the NSA. They hooked me up. I got a guy on the inside. And uh, here are the uh, names and addresses of everybody on Twitter that wished uh, that I would die when I was. <laughs> yeah. in, you know, just you know, maybe the Second Amendment guys. Maybe they can do something about it. You know. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, yeah. It's. It's bleak. It's, it's fucking, fucking bleak. bleak. You know, it would be. It's. It, it is a celebratory feel. Um, like on on Twitter among the left, I think a lot of us are feeling gleeful that Trump has coronavirus and seems to be not doing very well. But the fact is that like it's not good news. Yeah. For anything, or at the very least, we do not we have insufficient information to determine whether or not it is good yeah. news yeah. because we don't know how any of this is going to pan out and all the actors that are presenting themselves as like the people that we worry about the way that they behave um have all shown that they're unlikely to make this a uh learning moment teachable um, moment yeah, yeah teachable moment uh, they're unwilling to use this to their advantage or the entirety even, of the demo- mm-hmm. uh, of the you know Democratic Party is like unwilling to use this to their advantage. You have been handed <clears throat> probably the the best windfall you're likely to get yeah. between now and election day, and you are pissing all over it. If I was Joe Biden, I'd like reach out directly to the evangelicals and be like, "Hey, the 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 will of the Lord seems to be uh, making <laughs> itself pretty known." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Uh, as it as it is here, so it is in heaven. <laughs> Dude, my, bro, my my dude's laid out. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, and like I mean, even just like going back to that like Ilan Omar statement, like every single Democrat should be making exactly that statement. Whereas yeah. like I don't wish him ill directly in public, but <laughs> you know, like uh, um, like here's all the ways that he this was completely avoidable, not just for him, but for probably the two hundred thousand other people that got this. And yeah. then, like, the rest of the fucking world, like, like China got this under control. It was going wild in uh, Europe, which has universal health care. So, they're, like, they'd be probably okay and be able to take care of a lot of it. But then once it got to the Western Hemisphere, it went everywhere. Like, yeah. we are, re- like, the United States we is are responsible. The super spreader. Is, is mm. itself a super spreader. And quite frankly, like, I can't. Not to but, mention the global we, economy and all the working yeah, people in this country who yeah. have had their lives destroyed because of the economic fallout of the way that Trump has handled this crisis. Like, it's not even just it, 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 200,000 people have died. That's a lot of fucking it's people. It's a lot of fucking people. But the fallout is so much bigger than that, whether you're talking about the economic consequences yep. or the long-term health consequences yeah. of people who have gotten and recovered from coronavirus. I mean, it is... You cannot understate the and and it it comes down to a person and not just because well you know it's on his watch and he's responsible no his behavior his actions his words have directly led to innumerable negative consequences for the entire world and it's 
that's what I think Ilan Omar hits on yeah, in that statement. Yeah. That's what Democrats should be driving home to tonight, tomorrow, till November 3rd, is this man who is now remarkably because the universe so often so 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 rarely gives us a win he is somehow suffering from the consequences of his own actions and highlight that fact and it's just it's they fail to do so once again because they, they don't, don't actually want to win. fucking win yeah i'm getting now from cnn trump didn't want to be hospitalized as Marine One idled on the south lawn of the White House, advisors were making a last-minute push to get the reluctant president on board. Haha. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to pull well. No. Uh, I mean... I mean, probably, I mean, he's right. Like, it won't. Like, he, like, those are probably the only reasons... Well, he doesn't want to go for that reason, but also he's a germaphobe, which is another layer on top of this that I'm really enjoying. Is yeah. that, like... Like, he, how, is, how is he a germaphobe, given the brazen you know uh like behavior that that allow that yeah. allows it one to get sick in a pan- known pandemic yeah risk. it really does seem like a like a, a contradiction yeah of yeah, yeah a really big contradiction for himself and, you, and it's interesting to see which one won out which was like his hubris and his like bravado right is is i need to look impermeable and, and instead of like if he were still a private citizen like he would probably never leave that gold-plated uh, um, like hotel that he lived in, and tr- in Trump, in in his tower. Yeah, he probably would never left for like the whole year or something. All the hookers would have to come to him, and, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, and, but instead, but instead, he has to go do these rallies because he doesn't know how to live any other way. You know, another thing I think comes on top of, uh, like. I, I, I've spent a lot of time the last like day and a half trying to, as so many of us had, decipher like how bad is it really based on these little bits of information that we're getting. And um, just seeing this news that he didn't want to be hospitalized is interesting to me because, you know, the White House medical staff is capable of dealing with pretty much fucking anything. Yeah. Um, I think one staffer said when they were being briefed on the medical capacities of the White House said, like, you could give birth to your child here mm-hmm. if you needed to. We could do it. He was apparently reportedly, according to an aide, on oxygen before even getting the um, the antibody cocktail that he got. Wow. So the fact that he was moved to the hospital to me says a lot and now knowing that he didn't want to be moved to the hospital all of these things in conjunction with one another the fact that like the white house is probably one of the better hospitals in the country just Mm -hmm. as the white house yeah the fact that he was sent to walter reed one of the best hospitals in the country possibly in the world um it seems to suggest that he's really not doing well which what else would we expect he's what 70 how 70 something 76 i think 76 he's um uh morbidly obese you know yeah, not he, there's he, anything he wrong a, with that but yeah. he has a lot of health like he has a lot of health reasons <clears throat> that this could be very bad for him yep um bad diet bad doesn't poor exercise diet, doesn't exer- well it yeah. drains your battery so you can't yeah. exercise which on that you oh know, my I do god agree i forgot he believes that that's so cool <laughs> That's so cool. And like up to this moment, right? It it was all working for him. It was everything. All yeah. Everything was everything. coming up, coming up. Fucking Trump. Like you know, he was the Teflon Don. You know, he was and able at the to debate. He was vital. 
Oh yeah. I mean he yeah. was he seemed like a and, and so vital, you know, yeah. force. Okay, so it's it's currently Saturday night. Um we recorded on what was it, Tuesday that had the debate? Yep. So he tested positive uh what was it? Thursday night. Thursday at like uh or Friday at no, one AM. Well right? he tweeted Friday he tested positive Thursday evening. He, okay. He released it, he tweeted it at Friday at one AM. So So there's a total possibility that he had it during the debate it is almost impossible that he didn't have yeah. it during the debate because you have to you you don't test positive immediately yeah which is the, what and everybody he had symptoms by friday yeah and everybody's breathing a sigh of relief on the the biden campaign because you know he's tested negative but, but like, that's not how testing works. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to probably be they're testing him like test every him. 15 minutes yeah. for the next like <laughs> the next two, 3 days. So yeah. I don't know, did you guys see the weird video after the debate when Joe is like hugging Jill and Melania's up there next to him and it's the the video is really strange. You can you can find it on Twitter um but it's Trump and Melania are standing next to his podium, and it looks like Trump is trying to walk away, and Melania is, like, holding him in place. It's very strange. Oh, There's this no, jerky, this. like, they're they're holding hands, and she's, like, jerking him to her side. And a bunch of people have been speculating that he was trying to walk over and... Infect Joe Biden? Infect Joe Biden. <laughs> Whoa, you think they knew? Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, the, like, the, the big timeline thing, I think, is Hope Hicks. Hope Hicks. Because right. she, she became symptomatic and uh, ended up, I read the most insane uh, statement so far of this whole thing. She was quarantining on Air Force One. Yeah. Which I was like, like what? What? And she was on Marine <laughs> One with him after she had tested positive. What? Yeah. That's what? because she is a really deep, she's very undercover, attractive. Oh, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> I assumed it's just because she's really hot and Trump wanted to keep her around. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> well, well, because, I mean, she's Antifa, so of course she's hot. Absolutely, yeah. 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 But also, it's probably because he likes looking at her. I like looking at her. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, she's easy on the eyes. Easy on the that eyes. hope picks. Um, but yeah, it's just like holy shit. The idea of you know, imagine being at the level of like. Imagining jumping and like taking a bullet for Donald fucking Trump, and your job is to, like keep that motherfucker safe, like at all times. And somebody who is positive for COVID nineteen is quarantining on his plane. Somebody who's traveling with him on his helicopter, like what the fuck? I mean, like, there have been, like, I I think there have been like credible leaks from Secret Service that are like. The Secret Service fucking hates him. He, they treat them. He treats them like shit, and he does shit like this. And where, he can't, like, they can't keep him safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so it makes it makes your job harder, and he's putting them at risk because like they have to be near him all the time. Yeah. So they're just like they're going to get COVID too if he keeps like hanging around hot ladies that are sick. <laughs> you know, like, well, they were fucking hookers in Puerto Rico. I don't feel that bad for. Them. I know. I don't. I right. That's the other thing. Is like I, I only. I I hesitate Maybe to bring that up. Maybe should have been a mall cop. I don't know what to tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It was like they're they're cops. They're basically cops. They're yeah. fucking cops. Yeah. Oh goodness. Well. Prayers up. Yeah. For the virus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, we should say like one load, one viral load that's in our president. I think somebody tweeted this morning. Uh. Good morning to every coronavirus pathogen that's in Donald Trump and no none of the others. <laughs> I, I saw another one was um, 
telling Donald Trump's immune system to uh, stand back, stand by. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I my, uh, since we're sharing them, my favorite one was uh, Hope is Contagious is a Arrested Development joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. That's pretty good. Uh, do we want to talk at all about the debate? I mean, you know, oh, yeah. we streamed it and like, uh, thanks everybody for, thanks everybody who came and watched it but you know there's obviously been a ton of analysis since then and um i think it's it's it was a shit show it's it was quite a (laughs) shit show i think it's generally been considered a wash in terms of who won i i think which um, is amazing well a lot of liberals definitely think joe biden definitely won like a lot of the kind of lib pundits think like he really showed trump what it's like to be uh normal and <laughs> you know um have some tact yeah and i'm sure everybody who is sympathetic to the president and uh his causes um you know they were feels convinced. the same yeah, yeah they were yeah. totally convinced they're like oh it's supposed to be like that oh sorry sorry <laughs> he's definitely changing the whole rule book and uh yeah the fact that they didn't just uh mute have a mute button and now they're trying to, they, before, you know, he fucking got COVID, they were talking about imposing a mute button. And he's like, see, see, I won so bad. They're trying to change the rules at the last minute, you know? Yeah. And it's like, uh. I mean, I think like this whole idea of like, just mute the mics. Like, what would Donald Trump do? I'd love, to see, I'd love to see he, him if, lose if, his cool. He, I don't think he would lose his cool. I think he would say, he would do his little face. Hmm? Hmm? And, and he would away. put his arms up and he would just walk off stage. And then he would Probably. immediately go straight towards the first camera that he saw. Yeah, which outside, wouldn't be far away. And it wouldn't be far away. And he would talk to them. Because Donald Trump is a narcissist and he wants attention. He has like political Munchausen. He needs to have attention at all times. And he will do whatever it takes to get that attention. He would go call Sean Hannity. It is pretty wild uh, yeah, that he calls the, Sean Hannity all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the on the fucking walk to Marine One would be calling Sean Hannity, and and it's uh, that that debate was on Fox News. So what they what he would do is he would call Sean Hannity, and they would switch to Sean Hannity talking Live. to Trump on on the phone, and like leave the debate. <laughs> like, and that's how you win. And that's how you win. And that, that he should have done that. Yeah, this idea that we can just, like, tweak the rules and, like, create a normative system in which Donald Trump has to play by them is, like, not realistic, because... Yeah, and the idea of us going back to decorum is also... I can't imagine it happening. I can't imagine that, like, for the next three or four election cycles, we just, like, have somebody who, like, behaves themselves and doesn't just, like, use ruthless... uh uh, domination as their basic operating like well i'm sure the dems will find a few rubes who will do that but who are the republicans gonna run next who yeah. aren't gonna run in the mold of donald trump that's who, a, yeah you know who who, who is the it, this is maybe just its own question for its own show for its own fucking reality i don't know but like <laughs> who is the next republican that they run. Yeah. I mean, Who's they don't the have new a normal Republican. Like they, they admitted during the, uh, the, the whole RNC, like they don't have a base. Like their policy is literally whatever is politically uh, convenient to the president at a changing rate. Yeah. You know, like that's it. 
it's it's all like very realpolitik. It's like yeah, you, oh, we're just with this guy. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, what that, did I say? You said base. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they yeah, have, they, they have they have uh, well, yeah, they many have, bases. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, they have but, no yeah, platform. But, yeah, the well, platform it's kind is of freeing that they don't Trump have says. their their base is just whoever yeah. you know yeah. eats up their dog shit. But yeah, yeah. So their their base and platform are almost the same. Yeah, and just the idea of like whatever comes next being hypothetically any better for either you know our democracy or like workers or like the environment or like anything that you know probably any listener that can stomach this show likes being uh more amicable to that like the whole republic yeah especially when you've tasted you know blood yeah (laughs) days of Mitt romney we're not going to get another Mitt romney in our in our generation like it just or at least not for the foreseeable future. Like it's a damn no, shame. You know, I really do miss Mitt. He was a good guy. His binder full of women. He was good. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> so, uh... We should... I do... Now I kind of want to watch, like, one thing of, like, the 2012 race and, like, watch uh, Barack Obama and Mitt Romney, like, agree and pretend to disagree at debates. Right, because like, I, that's what I remember yeah, from twenty twelve. That's what I remember from twenty twelve. Was but they're like these people are the same. Like they, they have the same ideas. Like, can you imagine that actually like, happening again? And yeah. like the same like world timeline that we're on right now. Like going back to that and being like, oh yeah, let's all just like agree to disagree and like let. Well, let, I mean, do you let, remember John McCain telling his audience that like Barack Obama wasn't a Muslim? He was a good man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I that's, do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, this is, it's eat, so far away. Yeah, it's yeah. so and, it's, and I don't want to romanticize it overly because, like, no, on a material basis, is it was you know same as it ever was. It's only and, aesthetically different. Really. Yeah, like you I know, the, the, the only difference is that the president says, "Yes, I agree. He is a Muslim, and that means it's a bad. And that's a bad thing, right?" That's the only material yeah. difference. Like the people that support them are the same, you know? <laughs> or, or like I just. Uh, I'm imagining what Trump would do, uh, like running against uh, Obama. He'd be like, I don't know. A lot of people are saying it. A lot of people are saying that he wasn't born in this country. You know, I personally, I just want to see the birth certificate. Look, I don't know. I don't know. But a lot of people are saying that he was maybe born somewhere else. Maybe he was born in Kenya. I mean, he he invent he practically invented the whole birtherism. Yeah, I do. He did I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, he was he like did. the lone. Uh, him and John Voigt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the lone celebrity uh, people that were like, yeah, let, let's see the birth, let's see the birth certificate. And then, um, you know, of course, you know, uh, the whole uh, other thing that was surrounding this, um, oh my God, it feels like a year ago. Like, it was a week ago uh, when um, uh, the New York Times uh, he published the piece on his taxes about how he only yeah. spent we haven't se- $750, in ta- oh my God, and, like, I mean... It was a week ago. <laughs> and what do you even say about it? Yeah. Because, you know, and, and like, very uh, lib who thinks like, oh, this is going to get, the people are going to be, he ran on not paying taxes. Yeah. That was part of his campaign yeah. in 2015 and was th- that he was too smart to pay taxes. So what does this prove? It proves to every fucking chud who voted for him in 2016 that they were right and he's so smart that he didn't have to pay taxes i, I remember his uh, debate with hillary when she was like well when are you gonna send the the, the show everybody your tax returns he's like after i win <laughs> and then didn't you know of course yeah, but i remember course. when he delivered that line i was like oh my god i hate this guy so much but like he knows how to tv better than everybody Every else hour. out here yeah oh man <laughs> David uh, wrote in his 
piece for um was it Protean about how coronavirus was uniquely suited to the world that we have somehow built for ourselves? Yeah. And Donald Trump is also uniquely built. And I, I, I think it's part product of and part, you know, kind of uh, happenstance that he is uniquely suited to the TV era. <laughs> Excuse me. But we do kind of find ourselves in this weird combination of like coronavirus is perfectly suited to the misinformation age global capitalism uh failing health healthcare system like all of the, the kind e crisis. of the e yeah the crisis of truth like the a crisis a crisis is how they say it i think yeah. um and then also donald oh. trump is perfectly suited to all of those things and so it's like this bizarre you know collision of happenstance but also like is it is it mutation i don't know i mean it's ancient chinese curse may you live in interesting times it's all fucked up y'all so, in light of everything that's happened in the last two days, did the debate matter at all? I mean, no, like, because yeah, Donald Trump got fucking coronavirus, <laughs> yeah. so no, it didn't matter. Way to steal matter. the show. <laughs> Getting yourself killed I mean, look, in like, in terms of the debate, you know, Donald Trump came off like a big bully. I think we all knew that was going to happen. Um, it's n not going to... Th there's this mythical human being who tunes into the debate and is like i want to learn about who's gonna lead our country and that's you know <laughs> like maybe a couple million people maybe was anybody's mind changed i doubt it um apparently according to a poll like a national poll i think it was like reuters or something um they asked people uh you know to self-categorize into either decided undecided voters and then of the undecided voters the majority said that they're not going to vote for either of them yeah, like that's the yeah. first time. And yeah, I think that if anything, it convinced a lot of people to drop out. And frankly, that doesn't really help either of them. I, I think mean, it helps Trump, to be honest. You know, maybe, maybe Joe yeah. Jorgensen. Maybe uh, oh, yeah, we, we got a Howie Hawkins. You know, maybe they break 5% this year. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't be that shocked. I mean, you know, there's the, the, the people who are totally invested into whether or not it makes a huge, huge material difference, um, which uh, person gets elected. Um, they already know what they want. But there's a whole bunch of people out there that just do not think that it's going to make a difference, like, who's really in office. And, like, I think to your point, Brittany, I, I personally fall on the side that um, it will. Because even just in relation to the um, the potential steps that could be taken to mitigate this rapidly spreading pandemic at all are more likely under a non-Trump administration. Mm. Um, but, you know... New York being what it is, like, and our electoral process being what it is, I don't feel particularly guilty if I end up punching one in for Howie this year. If New York goes for Donald Trump, it's not our fucking fault. That's that's on the Democratic Party. Like. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Cuomo will personally go and stuff ballots in in the Bronx to <laughs> to, to make sure that the state goes blue. The chances of it going uh, toward Trump are so infinitesimally yeah. small. But like, I, you know, I think in terms of like the debate having any sort of meaningful effect beyond just uh, Trump getting coronavirus, like uh, you know, Biden. Um, Got his couple little swings in. He got his, oh, will you shut up? You know, his w yeah. whatever. Shut up, man. Will you will shut you up, man. Um, and, and the inshallah. Yeah, yeah, he did drop the inshallah. inshallah. <laughs> oh, my God. But you know what I think Which, according be... to the Washington Post, means forget about it. Oh, my God. Which is not. 
what? And everybody was praising him. Uh, the, the, for CIA his has, of, the CIA uh, hasn't gotten something that wrong since the Bay of Pigs. Like, <laughs> so let's just, let's just put to bed this idea that Joe Biden should be praised for getting Inshallah right. Inshallah uh, means God willing. Yeah, and he Allah said it, it in a way in which God willing fits. So all these people who are like, wow, he really used it correctly. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so impressive. No, it's not. It's it, can you say inshallah? Can you say God willing? Can you transpose the two? Congratulations. Apparently, you speak Arabic, like according to fucking liberal Twitter. Good God. <laughs> uh, I also like I- when he was like, uh, right before he had some statement, he was like, good luck. And then he, <laughs> he continued with his statement. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, was, was that like supposed to be off mic? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But do you know what I do think will be one enduring effect of the debate is the Proud Boys are standing back and standing by. Yeah. And if you go on, if you, like a couple of people went on 8chan the night of the debate and um, I saw some of the archived posts from it and like they, for them, it was red very, meat. Yeah, it very, was very emboldening. They dug their teeth into it. Almost immediately, like they, and so that is again. I say, like, n- I really don't think anything good can come from Donald Trump having COVID, whether he lives or dies, because his base is so activated. Like his, the rabid fringes of the right are so so emboldened and so not emboldened, like an in, insufficient word. Like they are raring to go you know they're they're chomping at the bit and i think him getting seriously ill or even dying i i don't i don't know i don't know what that looks like af- after this but i'm not i mean uh, we, we laughed about it earlier but like it, crazier things have happened than the idea of them all just taking coronavirus extremely seriously i mean yeah, like yeah they, no i, I mean yeah. don't, don't get me wrong they will also still keep killing people as is their uh you know penchant but yeah. um you know that, like, I could. I don't know. I, I'd like to. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them uh, instead. You know, take out their ire on um, the epidemiology aspect of all of this, as opposed to uh, you know anything else. Because <laughs> like nothing else is going <laughs> to help anyone. But like, if they were just like, yeah, you know, they, uh, sh- showing up with, with their fucking boogaloo vests and shit, but instead of like having a whole bunch of like AR clips, they just like are pulling out, you know, uh, disinfecting wipes and like going on public transit, <laughs> <Yeah>. just fucking <laughs> taking that shit to town, you know, Hawaiian shirt masks. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, love, you love to see it. Yeah. Do you guys want to have a wildflower? Please, I'm sure, please. Compact nuclear fusion reactor is very likely to work, studies suggest. So the hope of fusion power has long lived in our imaginations. Um, I think, didn't the Simpsons make a bunch of jokes about fusion? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, like Homer working at the uh, nuclear power plant, I'm sure they brought it up a lot. Plus, they have like a lot of like nuclear themed stuff, you know, like uh, right. Radioactive Man and Fallout Boy and everything else. So I'm sure they've talked about it a lot. So the goal of... Um, you know, harnessing the power of the sun in a way that's more efficient than solar panels has long been pursued by our uh, scientific community. And now the construction of a reactor called Spark, clever, I love it, um, which is being developed by researchers at Massachusetts Institute of Technology, 
um, is expected to begin next spring and to take three to four years, researchers and company officials say. They should have called it Sparky. Yeah, put a Y at the end. That would be pretty cute. Yeah, talk about Sparky. Yeah. But fusion definitely sparks joy. It does. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, true. keep it. Oh, I got a uh, episode title. COVID sparks joy. <laughs> <laughs> Spell with a C, like the, uh, the reactor. Um, so, although many significant challenges remain, the company said construction would be followed by testing and, if successful, building a power plant that could use fusion energy to generate electricity, electricity beginning next decade. Let's see if we get there. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean... This is... Uh, it's expected to produce a fusion reaction by 2035. So, like, civilization's, like, completely collapsing, and then at the last <laughs> possible second, they're like, yo, shit, we got zero point in energy! And everyone's like, what? What? <laughs> huh? You guys are still making... bands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm shitting my brains out from cholera. I don't... And then, like, you know, they'd, you know what they're going to use as zero point energy for, right? Porn. Fucking mining Bitcoin. They're just going to, like, take this fucking energy source yeah. and just, like, heat the planet, like, to death. And they're going to be like, doing complicated math. Yeah, just doing ever increasingly complicated math to create, you know, like, also, please, anybody who understands blockchain or at least, like, thinks that they do, keep that shit to yourself. No, I don't want to hear about it. I, I do. Right? <laughs> At me on Twitter, Chris underscore Skelly. Because, uh, like, I got to figure out what the fuck is going on with it. Because, like, it, it would seem that if you can have an underground drug economy and, like, assassination market that you can, like, fund with, like, Bitcoin, which relies on, like, blockchain, um, it seems to be functionally anonymous, yet trackable and trustworthy. And if that shit can exist for, like, you know, fucking online, like, market, then why can't it exist for voting? Like, well, I think a lot of blockchain enthusiasts would say that it will. Mm. And I think a lot of critics would say uh, if it is trackable, it is inherently not anonymous. Mm. Either it can trace to its origin or it can't, but you can't do both. So maybe like the, the DEA and the FBI and the NSA and everything else are like letting all of this like explicit legal felonious activity happen on the dark web using bitcoin as either like a sort of future psyop or like because they follow the same reasoning that the irs said this week that they just go after poor people because it's easier and there's less complications <laughs> and it's cheaper so like, the irs literally admitted that they only audit poor people because it's e jesus fucking christ i don't know we could have yasha levine back on the show and ask him what he what he has to say about it i'm not i'm not against uh, it, he that, would that. probably say uh yeah of course the government is letting yeah. people commit pot. crimes yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a honeypot yeah That's long game long crimes? game honeypot no, what's Did that? I say bit crimes? I think you said bit crimes. All right, I'm sticking with it then. <laughs> bit crimes. Bit crimes. Uh, <laughs> that sounds so much cooler than Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to mine some bit crimes. So that that image that you have is like the literal reactor. Like that isn't like a uh, a student no, rendering. or No, no, it's a rendering. Okay, because the reactor's not built yet. Because that shit looks no exceedingly sci-fi. It is. Uh, a it's a rendering of the reaction chamber no it hasn't been built yet they're, okay, they're okay. only just starting on all it. right so um, that's why it looks like uh every uh sci-fi 
like illustrator's wet dream. So we'll post the article in the show notes if you want to read it. It's kind of boring, frankly. But Fusion is cool. It's very like, cool. It would be pretty cool if we didn't have to, you know, Better burn, than coal. Yeah, burn uh, tens of millions of years of dead trees to, yep. you know, heat our homes and stuff. Yep, fracked gas. Yeah. All that, all that bad vibe energy. Bad vibes. Very bad vibes. Yeah, I guess the the one like the only thing that's holding us back is that like you can't. It's hard to contain the plasma. Uh, I always find that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you I, know, I, I I can never contain. I, I, I've been like taking pills and like yeah. you know these exercises. And yeah, have you guys ever seen the microwave grape trick where you can get grapes to go into a plasma state? No, what? it has something to do with the electrolyte breakdown in like the 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 grape energy or whatever. Grape oh, energy. Yeah. <laughs> Big grape energy. <laughs> I'll drop a show a, a link in the show notes. You can like if you place it at the right position like in a hot in in like a specific hot spot in a microwave, it'll like basically create a plasma. Like it'll like explode and like make a little coronic light emitting hmm. thing. Well, I have played with cornstarch and water while tripping. Is that kind of the same? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah, it's, cool. it's just that on an electromagnetic level. Like plasma is like the fourth um, phase of 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 matter. You yeah. have you know uh, solid, liquid, gas, and then plasma, which is like an ionized gas. And so, like it's a uh, it's like extra gas, yeah. <laughs> I, Su- super gas. Yeah, I forget the um, uh, the material properties, except that it's always extremely hot. hot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very hot. Hmm. Got ions. That's what uh, plants crave. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so th- thank you for joining us for this very special episode. Yeah. Of thank Weems. you so much. It's a little short, but we have a lot of stuff to do tonight. So we're going to have to let you go here. Um, you will get some Lenin. So Lenin is just talking about the differences between republicanism and federalism. Very interesting. Uh, I frankly had prior to reading this, no familiarity with what the uh, ML line on different types of federal government was. Apparently, Lenin is not a fan of federalism and prefers a strong, centralized government. Interesting. So, not a fan of states. Um, so, that's what you're going to hear about this time. And we'll see how that cracks out. You're getting the f- second part of chapter... I don't know. You're getting what you're getting. I don't remember exactly. But I do <laughs> hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's good. Um, it's interesting reading. and. Uh, next week, we are going to be off because Chris is getting married, and instead, you're going to get into your feed the uh, first episode of Reaction, my new podcast. So I do hope you guys enjoy it. It's about the Pinkerton Agency, um, which was uh, the first really national private detective agency that essentially laid the groundwork for a lot of the government agencies that run your world today so you get some history on how they suppressed a lot of labor movements during the gilded age in the late 1800s and what you're gonna so what will be in the feed is episode one of that uh if you do like it head over to um you can find the reaction podcast wherever you get your podcasts and episode two will already be out so, you know, if you like it, go find the second episode and then it'll come out weekly from then on out. And I do really hope that you guys enjoy it. Find it on uh, Twitter at Reaction Podcast, Patreon at Reaction Podcast, and I'll be tweeting out the links and we'll treat them, tweet them from the 
podcast, uh, the Iron Weeds podcast Twitter as well. So, right? Yeah. Yeah. I get all that right? I'm Absolutely. so fucking excited. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm yeah. really excited about it too. I think it's really good. I think you guys are going to like it. And this has been something that you've been working on uh, a lot and for a long time. Yeah. So, months I've been working on this. Yeah. So, so maybe I should just say like reaction is basically going to be a show about reactionary politics and, um, what happens when a revolutionary force like labor or uh or black civil rights or women's rights meets with a counter-revolutionary force and what does that um how does that unfold historically that's what the show's broadly going to be about so just different like topical kind of little like topical vignettes uh, through the the history of revolutionary versus counter-revolutionary forces and then what impact those have um, for the modern day. Yeah, they, so. they, they really feel like uh, like audio pamphlets. Yeah, it's very it's- much... I, I kind of wanted it to be uh, like a... a, a sh- almost like short stories, like little... Just kind of little... Yeah, like little vignettes, little pamphlets that you can kind of... This whole thing's only going to be like half an hour. It's you, right? They're they're like most of them are going to be around half an hour. Yeah, Yeah. so it's not going to be super long, but they're very intensely researched. So it's a lot of it's like prestige TV, but for your ears. Yeah, (laughs) kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, They're very highly researched episodes, highly produced, uh, scripted, read by me, written by me, done by everything is me, and um, I'm the party. <laughs> I'm the podcast. I'm the podcast. It's me. I always, I always wanted to do something that was just mine. Um, that and the quality is way up because of it. Well, yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, you cut out all of our bullshit, and it's finally just Brittany doing yeah. everything right. So, uh, look, I don't do well with bosses, and I like to do things my own way. And so, this was my opportunity to do something my own way. And so, that's. Way. Well, I can't wait to uh, to listen to it and uh, find out what happens when um, revolutionaries and reactionaries uh, live in the same house uh, and stop being polite and start, start getting, getting real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I do really hope that you guys like that. And um, please get in touch if you have any feedback on it. And if you hear the episode and you like it, please subscribe. Please give it a rating and a review as I... I'm sure that you've already done with this show because, of course, you have. <laughs> 40 out of 40, baby. Five-star reviews. All-time greatest, most highest-rated podcast ever. Uh, and um, if you decide that you'd rather support Reaction rather than Ironweeds... Go fuck you just yourself. Can't, no, cancel. <laughs> the, the money goes to the same place, so just cancel your Patreon here and head on over to Reaction Podcast. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, you can find us on Twitter. Iron Reads Pod. You can find us on Instagram. Iron Reads Pod. Shoot us an email. Uh, thank you, George. We just got your email. I haven't read it yet, but we're glad it was to hear very from you sweet. as always. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Oh, also, can we read that again on air? Because uh, it, 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 it seemed like it was written in such a way as to George allow seems for like that. he's cool with it. Um, and if be like George, shoot us an email. Shoot us an email at ironweedspod at gmail.com Trump has coronavirus. (laughs) Thank you so much. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye.
Part 2. Criticism of the Draft of the Erfurt Program In analyzing Marx's teachings on the state, the criticism of the draft of the Erfurt Program, sent by Engels to Kautsky on June 29, 1891, and published only ten years later in New Zeit, cannot be ignored. For it is with the opportunist views of the Social Democrats on question of state organization that this criticism is mainly concerned. We shall note in passing that Engels also makes an exceedingly valuable observation on economic questions, which shows how attentively and thoughtfully he watched the various changes occurring in modern capitalism, and how, for this reason, he was able to foresee to a certain extent the tasks of our present, the imperialist, epoch. Here is that observation. Referring to the word planlessness used in the draft program as characteristic of capitalism, Engels wrote, quote, when we pass from joint stock companies to trusts which assume control over and monopolize whole industries, it is not only private production that ceases, but also planlessness. Here we have what is most essential in the theoretical appraisal of the latest phase of capitalism, i.e. imperialism, namely, that capitalism becomes monopoly capitalism. The latter must be emphasized because the erroneous bourgeois reformist assertion that monopoly capitalism or state monopoly capitalism is no longer capitalism, but can now be called state socialism and so on, is very common. The trusts, of course, never provided, do not now provide, and cannot provide complete planning. But however much they do plan, however much the capitalist magnates calculate in advance the volume of production on a national and even on an international scale, and however much they systematically regulate it, we still remain under capitalism. At its new stage, it is true, but still capitalism, without a doubt. The proximity of such capitalism to socialism should serve genuine representatives of the proletariat as an argument proving the proximity, facility, feasibility, and urgency of the socialist revolution, and not at all as an argument for tolerating the repudiation of such a revolution and the efforts to make capitalism look more attractive, something which all reformists are trying to do. But to return to the question of the state, in his letter, Engels makes three particularly valuable suggestions. First, in regard to the republic, second, in regard to the connection between the national question and state organization, and third, in regard to local self-government. In regard to the Republic, Engels made this the focal point of this criticism of the draft of the Erfurt program. And when we recall the importance which the Erfurt program acquired for all the social democrats of the world, and that it became the model for the whole Second International, we may say without exaggeration that Engels thereby criticizes the opportunism of the whole Second International. The political demands of the draft, Engels wrote, have one great fault. It lacks precisely what should have been said. And later on, he makes it clear that the German constitution is, strictly speaking, a copy of the extremely reactionary constitution of 1850, that the Reichstag is only, as Wilhelm Liebknecht put it, the fig leaf of absolutism, and that to wish to transform all the instruments of labor into common property on the basis of a constitution which legalizes the existence of petty states and the federation of petty German states is an obvious absurdity. Quote, to touch on that is dangerous, however, Engels added, knowing only too well that it was impossible legally to include in the program the demand for a republic in Germany. But he refused to merely accept this obvious consideration, which satisfied 
everybody. He continued, quote, Nevertheless, somehow or other, the thing has to be attacked. How necessary this is shown precisely at the present time by opportunism, which is gaining ground in a large section of the social democrat press. Fearing a renewal of the anti-socialist law, or recalling all manner of over-hasty pronouncements made during the reign of that law, they now want the party to find the present legal order in Germany adequate for putting through all party demands by peaceful means, end quote. Engels particularly stressed the fundamental fact that the German Social Democrats were prompted by fear of a renewal of the anti-socialist law, and explicitly described it as opportunism. He declared that precisely because there was no republic and no freedom in Germany, the dreams of a peaceful path were perfectly absurd. Engels was careful not to tie his hands. He admitted that in republican or very free countries, one can conceive, only conceive, of a peaceful development towards socialism. But in Germany, he repeated, quote, In Germany, where the government is almost omnipotent and the Reichstag and all other representative bodies have no real power, to advocate such a thing in Germany, where, moreover, there is no need to do so, means removing the fig leaf from absolutism and becoming oneself a screen for its nakedness, end quote. The great majority of the official leaders of the German Social Democratic Party, which pigeonholed this advice, have really proved to be a screen for absolutism. Quote, In the long run, such a policy can only lead one's own party astray. They push general, abstract political questions into the foreground, thereby concealing the immediate concrete questions, which at the moment of the first great events, the first political crisis, automatically pose themselves. What can result from this except that at a decisive moment the party suddenly proves helpless and that uncertainty and discord on the most decisive issues reign in it because these issues have never been discussed? This forgetting of the great, the principal considerations for the momentary interests of the day this struggling and striving for the success of the moment regardless of later consequences, this sacrifice of the future of the movement for its present may be honestly meant, but it is and remains opportunism, and honest opportunism is perhaps the most dangerous of all. If one thing is certain, it is that our party and the working class can only come to power in the form of a democratic republic. This is even the specific form for the dictatorship of the proletariat, as the Great French Revolution has already shown. End quote. Engels realized here, in a particularly striking form, the fundamental idea which runs through all of Marx's work, namely, that a democratic republic is the nearest approach to the dictatorship of the proletariat. For such a republic, without in the least abolishing the rule of capital, and therefore the oppression of the masses and the class struggle, inevitably leads to such an extension, development, unfolding, and intensification of this struggle that, as soon as it becomes possible to meet the fundamental interests of the oppressed masses, this possibility is realized inevitably and solely through the dictatorship of the proletariat, through the leadership of those masses by the proletariat. These, too, are forgotten words of Marxism for the whole of the Second International, and the fact that they have been forgotten was demonstrated with particular vividness by the history of the Menshevik Party during the first six months of the Russian Revolution of 1917. On the subject of a federal republic, in connection with the national composition of the population, Engels wrote, quote, 
What should take the place of the present-day Germany, with its reactionary monarchical constitution and its equally reactionary division into petty states, a division which perpetuates all the specific features of Prussianism instead of dissolving them in Germany as a whole? In my view, the proletariat can only use the form of the one and indivisible republic. In the gigantic territory of the United States, a federal republic is still, on the whole, a necessity, although in the eastern states it is already becoming a hindrance. It would be a step forward in Britain, where the two islands are peopled by four nations, and in spite of a single parliament, three different systems of legislation already exist side by side. In little Switzerland, it has long been a hindrance, tolerable only because Switzerland is content to be a purely passive member of the European state system. For Germany, federalization on the Swiss model would be an enormous step backward. Two points distinguish a union state from a completely unified state. First, that each member state, each canton, has its own civil and criminal legislative and judicial system. And second, that alongside a popular chamber, there was also a federal chamber in which each canton, whether large or small, votes as such. End quote. In Germany, the union state is the transition to the completely unified state and the revolution from above of 1866 and 1870 must not be reversed but supplemented by a movement from below. Far from being indifferent to the forms of state, Engels, on the contrary, tried to analyze the transitional forms with the utmost thoroughness in order to establish, in accordance with the concrete historical peculiarities of each particular case, from what and to what the given transitional form is passing. Approaching the matter from the standpoint of the proletariat and the proletarian revolution, Engels, like Marx, upheld democratic centralism, the republic, one and indivisible. He regarded the federal republic either as an exception and a hindrance to development, or as a transition from a monarchy to a centralized republic, as a step forward under certain special conditions. And among these special conditions, he puts the national question to the fore. Although mercilessly criticizing the reactionary nature of small states, and the screening of this by the national question in certain concrete cases, Engels, like Marx, never betrayed the slightest desire to brush aside the national question, a desire of which the Dutch and Polish Marxists, who proceed from their perfectly justified opposition to the narrow Philistine nationalism of their little states, are often guilty. Even in regard to Britain, where geographical conditions, the common language, and the history of many centuries would seem to have put an end to the national question in the various small divisions of the country, even in regard to that country, Engels reckoned with the plain fact that the national question was not yet a thing of the past, and recognized in consequence that the establishment of a federal republic would be a step forward. Of course, there is not the slightest hint here of Engels abandoning the criticism of the shortcomings of a federal republic or renouncing the most determined advocacy of, and struggle for, a unified and centralized democratic republic. But Engels did not at all mean democratic centralism in the bureaucratic sense in which the term is used by bourgeois and petty bourgeois ideologists, the anarchists among the latter. His idea of centralism did not in the least preclude such broad local self-government as would combine the voluntary defense of the unity of the state by the communes and districts 
and the complete elimination of all bureaucratic practices and all ordering from above. Carrying forward the program views of Marxism on the state, Engels wrote, quote, So, then, a unified republic, but not in the sense of the present French republic, which is nothing but the empire established in 1798 without the emperor. From 1792 to 1798, each French department, each commune, enjoyed complete self-government on the American model, and this is what we too must have. How self-government is to be organized, and how we can manage, without a bureaucracy, has been shown to us by America and the First French Republic, and is being shown even today by Australia, Canada, and the other English colonies. And a provincial, regional, and communal self-government of this type is far freer than, for instance, Swiss federalism, under which, it is true, the canton is very independent in relation to the Bund, i.e. the federated state as a whole, but it is also independent in relation to the district and the commune. The cantonal governments appoint the district governors and prefects, which is unknown in English-speaking countries, and which we want to abolish here as resolutely in the future as the Prussian Landrate and Regierungsrate, commissioners, district police chiefs, governors, and, in general, all officials appointed from above. Accordingly, Engels proposes the following words for the self-government clause in the program. Quote, complete self-government for the provinces, districts, and communes through officials elected by universal suffrage. The abolition of all local and provincial authorities appointed by the state. End quote. I have already had occasion to point out in Pravda, which was suppressed by the government of Kerensky and other socialist ministers, how on this point, of course not on this point alone by any means, our pseudo-socialist representatives of pseudo-revolutionary pseudo-democracy have made glaring departures from democracy. Naturally, people who have bound themselves by a coalition to the imperialist bourgeoisie have remained deaf to this criticism. It is extremely important to note that Engels, armed with facts, disproved by a most precise example the prejudice which is very widespread, particularly among petty bourgeois Democrats, that a federal republic necessarily means a greater amount of freedom than a centralized republic. This is wrong. It is disproved by the facts cited by Engels regarding the centralized French Republic of 1792-98 and the federal Swiss Republic. The really democratic centralized republic gave more freedom than the federal republic. In other words, the greatest amount of local, regional, and other freedom known in history was accorded by a centralized and not a federal republic. Insufficient attention has been, and is being, paid in our party propaganda and agitation to this fact, as, indeed, to the whole question of the federal and the centralized republic and local self-government.